You're listening to the JR Sport Brief on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the JR Sport Brief on CBS Sports Radio. And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Whether you want to buy a home or refinance your current one, Rocket can. Tom flies when you're having fun. I'm only going to be here with you for one more hour. Show gets started every single weeknight, 10 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Pacific. We got a lot to discuss. We've talked Tom Brady, his future. He's like, oh, yeah, I still had fire burning. I, I needed to come back and help my teammates out. Okay, fine. We talked about college football. You got Brian Kelly, first game, head coach of LSU. He's he's embarrassed. His team is undisciplined. Special teams is a wreck. Blocked extra point to finish out and close the game as Florida State beats them. We talked about Deion Sanders and Jackson State. Jackson State going out there and just smashing Florida A&M 59-3. Now, well, Deion Sanders wanted to bring attention to the program. Well, he's certainly doing that. And then you have a, a famous pair, a father and son pair, a Bronny James and LeBron James, who happen to be at Ohio State's game as they beat Notre Dame 21-10. to 10. You had fans just chanting for Bronny James to ultimately select Ohio State to continue or, you know, pretty much take the next step in his basketball career. And so I've been taking your calls on whether or not bringing in Bronny and LeBron James is a good deal, both at the college level and in the pros. And sure, of course, LeBron James cannot and will not play in college, but we know his presence will be looming over any program that Bronny James joins. And it's a different situation in the NBA because you're either going to go to a contender where LeBron and Bronny might be a distraction. And then if you're a loser-ass team, why, why would you even want Bronny and LeBron outside of just bringing in money? Probably not a big idea or smart investment. And so we've been taking plenty of your calls. And then as we continue on with the night, there's plenty more that I want to share. We know that the NFL season is now less than 48 hours away from starting. Thursday night football, Buffalo Bills, Los Angeles Rams. That will be our kickoff on Thursday before we get to a full slate of NFL games on Sunday. And so it'll be fun. Even earlier in the show, we talked about Pete Carroll. So if you missed a minute, if you missed a second, you can always hit rewind on the free Odyssey app. And it's crazy tonight how we've, we've talked about legacies. And I, I want to mention this before I get back to the, the phone lines. It's been, it's been a busy weekend. And sure, it sounds nuts to say, depending on where you live and just anywhere, really, we're all rolling into Wednesday morning. And to me, it still feels like the weekend. And over the weekend, outside of Brady speaking and, you know, LeBron James taking Bronny around to Ohio State, we've seen just – Legends fall, and then we're getting ready for the next generation. That's, that's crazy to think about. We're really on a line. If you think about the quarterbacks in the NFL, who are the old guard remaining? You got Tom Brady, and Ben Roethlisberger just went out the door, and then you got Aaron Rodgers. 
those are probably the two quote-unquote old guy quarterbacks, and they've been playing at an MVP level. In the case of Aaron Rodgers, he's just won back-to-back MVPs. In the NBA, you got LeBron James running around, and he's like, hey, I want to play with both of my sons. You think about Major League Baseball, right now Aaron Judge is on a home run chase. What is he, up to 54? You got Albert Pujols with one foot out the door. He's trying to go over 700 before he calls it a wrap. And then we got the U.S. Open going on right now. And we know we got the older generation. You got someone like Federer. He's been dealing with a knee injury, knee surgeries for the past several years. You have Rafael Nadal, who yesterday, or Monday, I should say, lost to Francis Tiafo, who we've basically been hearing about for the better part of 10 years. He finally went over the hump. And so I don't want to say out with the old and with the new, but there's just there's, there's people moving out. There's people moving in. Even tonight, a few minutes ago, I got to tell you this. You may not be a full fan of the WNBA, but I'm sure you're familiar with Sue Bird. She lost? Yeah, she's done. Damn. Sorry. Sorry about that. Yeah. The Las Vegas Aces, they eliminated the Seattle Storm. And now uh, the Las Vegas Aces, they will be going to the WNBA Finals. They're going to take on either the Connecticut Sun or the Chicago Sky. And uh, she's done. Yeah, Sue Bird, 41 years old. Four-time WNBA champion, the only one to win in four different decades, or I think three. A 13-time WNBA All-Star. All-time assist leader, all-time leader in games played. She is going into the Basketball Hall of Fame. That doesn't even count what she's done in the EuroLeague, where she is a five-time champion. She won two championships in college. She's from Queens, New York. Congratulations, Christ the King. She played for Gino up in Yukon. And damn it, she has been at the forefront of women's basketball at the point guard position for the better part of 20 years. And so congratulations to Sue Bird. Man, yeah, she might have lost here, not going to another NBA or, excuse me, WNBA finals. Oh, my God. Oh, man. Hey, Chef, outside of, whoa, damn, whoa, outside of Sue Bird, man, she knows how to carry herself with class after a loss. Chef, Nick Kyrgios is whooping tennis rackets. Did you see this, man? I saw him lose uh, in five. I didn't see him. No, I didn't. I didn't see that part, though. I well, well, first of all, congratulations. We'll do our best to get some posts for you, then. Oh my God! Congratulations to Sue Bird, classy lady, Nick Kyrgios. He just lost, and and forgive me, I cannot pronounce this man's name. Karen Hatchinov, somewhere in that family. We know Nick Kyrgios. Uh, he's the one currently, unfortunately, being sued for a sexual battery. He's the guy from Australia. Uh, he's the guy who's always pitching a fit in every single one of his matches. Well, he just lost in the U.S. Open. And I got to tell you, he just pitched one of the biggest fits that I have ever seen a tennis player. And I'm not exaggerating. This is not Mac and roll. Let me yell at the judge. This is not, oh, my God, I'm angry. 
This man destroyed two, count them, two tennis rackets. Like, I mean, obliterated the tennis rackets. Security had to tell the fans who are witnessing this, hey, just just back up a little bit while this grown-ass man has a temper tantrum, abused his rackets. He, oh, there's a, there's a gigantic, there's a gigantic uh, fine coming. There's going to be more coming. You're going to see this all over new. Uh, this is, uh, I, I wish I could say that I'm shocked, but I'm not. He's a baby. My God. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Anyway. Speaking of individuals who who actually have some class, Nadal lost or lost on Monday. I told you about that. And he lost to someone, Francis Tiafo, who's been at the forefront of the next generation of tennis for the better part of 10 years now. But he finally beat Nadal yesterday. And he actually showed love to Serena. He wore a shirt that said that said goat. And even Nadal in losing pretty much went and said, Yeah, I lost. This is what this is what this is what people who are actually, I don't know, classy what they do. And and sure, Serene has had her own meltdowns. I've never seen her lose it like Nick Kyrgios. It, over the weekend, we know Serena. She lost on Friday. And it was a match that I think a lot of people watched and they they hoped that she would go out there and win. And she was even classy in her exit. While she was showered with praise, Serena on her way out the door showed love to her family. And then she even showed love to her oldest sister. Listen. These are happy tears, I guess. (laughs) I don't know. Um, And I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be Serena if it wasn't Venus. So thank you, Venus. And that was courtesy of the U.S. Open Radio and ESPN. Serena Williams ending her career going out classy. And Tiafo, after beating Nadal, he wore a shirt that said GOAT. And then he even showed love to Serena. Listen to this. Tell me about what you're wearing and, and the woman who's inspired you. Yeah, obviously the GOAT, uh, Serena Williams. Yeah, she, she's definitely the reason why I think I could do the things I'm doing. Like, you know, when I'm younger, the reason why I even said that to my dad, I could be a professional tennis player, seeing her and Venus battle each other. I'm like, well, damn, like, that's, you know, two people look like me and I can go and do that. That's, that's unbelievable. So, biggest, I mean, she, she changed the game forever. Um, you know, when you say her name, as I said earlier, you say every Mount Rushmore person, Tom Brady to Tiger Woods to Michael Jordan and, She's she's on a different stratosphere. Yeah, congratulations to Serena. And she left the door open ajar just a little bit to return. But I think it's highly unlikely as she wants to add to her family with another child and as she wants to move into her uh, professional endeavors. Also tonight, you want to talk about losing, unfortunately, Coco Goff. She lost Caroline Garcia of France. Coco Goff, 18 years old. Uh, still waiting on her her big-time performance where she wins just a major. And so it's nice to see people lose with grace and not whine and, and complain. 
Nick Kyrgios just continues to up the ante when it comes to being a jackass. This is a, this is a tennis player. It was only about a, a couple of months ago where he complained about a fan just sitting courtside and he spat in their direction and he got fined for it. I already told you about his, uh, his case of, uh, of sexual battery from Australia. And then before the match started, I actually listened to Nick Kyrgios on his way out to the court. He was interviewed pre-match on his way, and he sounded like a perfect gentleman with his Australian accent. And I said, oh, yeah, he sounds like a, a decent good guy. But when the match gets started, he's cursing at everybody. It doesn't matter the match. He's cursing at the line judge. He's cursing at his own coaches. He's cursing at fans. And tonight he had a complete meltdown. Smashing. Obliterating his rackets. You can kind of hear it. You can kind of hear what? There's a bunch of clips going viral about it right now. You can kind of hear for 10 seconds if you want to take a listen. Well, let's let's try and hear. Go ahead. What we got? Yeah, there, there, there'll be a, a additional audio, I'm sure, from the broadcasters. Yeah, can I ask you a question, though? Yes. So you mentioned Federer and, and the old gen, if you will. Honestly, how many vivacious, captivating conversations have you had about the big three? And they've been around forever now. Nick Kyrgios changes the tennis narrative for the better because people do pay attention because of him, like his antics or not, is that fair? Uh, you, know, you know what I mean? He makes the sport colorful. He makes it entertaining at a level that we have not seen since the likes of Johnny Mack, Jimmy Connors, Andre Agassi to some level. Andy Roddick certainly didn't give us that entertainment. Sampras was Mr. Boring, and I think I'm being nice when I say that. What does it matter if the guy goes to prison? Okay, but that... Now... now Based on the charges, if that comes to fruition and the legalities take care of their end, then that's a different conversation. I agree with you. But for now, there's no bigger star in male tennis than Nick Kyrgios, despite the fact that he's never won a slam before ever. He's only been in one major final. Yeah, sure. But if you're, you're asking about what, what's fair, Nick Kyrgios has yet to win the quote-unquote big one yet. He got close, and he just lost. And he is an interesting individual. And none of it is because of, uh, you know, for great reasons. It, he's the quote-unquote bad boy. And him being a bad boy takes it to another level. And it is real hard to, to ignore the quote-unquote charges against him. Could they be thrown out? Could they be baloney? Could it be garbage? Could it be just accusation? Absolutely it could be. But the fact that he's he's in this position and has this hovering over his head, yes, if it gets thrown out, then people go, oh, this is just the crazy guy who plays tennis. If it kind of sticks with him, then, oh, yeah, well, then th- there's nothing there. I can't say that it's it's not fair. For the past 20 years, Nadal has dominated. Federer has dominated. Djokovic came on later. And then he dominated. And now Federer is falling apart. 
Nadal is falling apart. Djokovic is still going, although he's not in the United States right now because of his vaccination status. And then you have an emerging group. We saw Tiafo beat Nadal. Uh, you have Kyrgios, and there are other younger players who are there. L- look, life is not fair. But what I'm not going to say is that it hasn't been fair to Nadal or Federer or Djokovic. They're not Americans. And so for what we don't pay attention to, who's the last big American tennis player? Roddick? I mean, you named Sampras from years ago. I I can think of other quote-unquote young Americans who are supposed to emerge. And so for, yeah, here in America and globally, Nick Kyrgios can get all the attention in the world because he's a, he's a bad boy. He's a bad guy. He's spitting towards fans. He's yelling. He's cursing. He's breaking rackets. But he seems more than just a bad boy on a tennis court. He seems like a, a complete jackass. Yeah, but, but JR, I also don't think Federer, Nadal, and Djokovic, as well-spoken as they are, and as many languages as all three of them can speak, they don't have the charisma that Kyrgios has. They don't. It's not even close. David Beckham, you are a big football fan. David Beckham has that charisma. When he played soccer in the States, it blew up here because of that. Soccer is more of a, of a global game. And I'm not disagreeing with you about the charisma of, of Kyrgios. And it's not so much of, of I would say, charisma. It's... It's curiosity. I can't tell you anything engaging that he's ever said besides him losing his mind on the court. I don't see him in anything. I haven't seen him showcase his personality. So, you know what? I correct myself. I don't know if if charismatic is the word. Jackass, attention-seeking is the word. Not being able to, to, to hold your temper is the word. And now that he is increasing and growing in fame because his his play on the court has increased, his behavior has also continued to go down the tubes. And I'm not going to compare what he's doing right now to what's taken place over the past 20 years because I don't think on a global scale or even in a tennis success scale, I don't think Nadal would have his career any other way. Federer would have his any other way outside of injuries. And Djokovic, for the most part, is still going. What happens with Kyrgios? Well, let's see how he goes. I don't think with his temper and his behavior that he'll have a perch at the highest seat of tennis for an elongated period of time. And maybe we don't see a tennis player kill it or hold down the fort for 10 or 20 years similar to what we've just seen. Kyrgios, certainly not, especially when you factor in his age. He's already 27 years old. He's entering into his prime. He's in his prime. He ain't going for another, I don't know, 15, 20 years. Definitely not. Uh, but he's garnering attention right now. It's not for good reasons. Spitting towards fans, cursing people out, breaking rackets. He's just, he's a wild child. But everybody loves a bad boy. Everybody loves a good story. And we have to see how this just continues for Nick Kyrgios. You will hear about this for the next several days, even though this man has been eliminated. It's the JR Sport Reef Show here with you on CBS Sports Radio. That's 855-212-4CBS. That's 855 
for CBS. So I'm going to get to your calls on the other side. And there's just so much going on. Speaking of bad boys, we got a YouTube bad boy getting ready to fight one of the greatest MMA fighters of all time. Or should I say box? It's the JR Sport Brief Show, CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the JR Sport Brief on CBS Sports Radio. Listening to the JR Sport Brief on CBS Sports Radio. Hey JR, how you doing, man? I appreciate listening to you every night, man, at work, man. You just enjoy. And I uh, appreciate all your insights. Call in now at 855 212 4 CBS. That's right, it's the JR Sport Brief Show here with you on CBS Sports Radio. If you can safely pick up a phone, if you follow me on Twitter at JR Sport Brief. You know, I just mentioned to you uh, Nick Kyrgios absolutely losing his mind at the U.S. Open after his loss, destroying two tennis rackets. Uh, you can see it on my Twitter, at JR Sport Brief. Yeah, he's, he's a wild child. And speaking of a wild child, this, this also happened to uh, pass by my social media and news today. And uh, my friends at Showtime, I'm also well aware, Jake Paul. Yeah, Jake Paul, the man who became a YouTuber, or he was a YouTuber, and now he beats people up and I guess, boxing now for a living? Well, not for, he did. He knocked out Nate Robinson, former NBA player. He knocked out Ben Askren, former ass-whooper. He, he beat Tyron Woodley twice, knocked him out. And now after a fight with Haseem Rahman, kind of fell to the ground he's going to take on Anderson Silva yes Anderson Silva MMA legend one of the greatest MMA fighters of all time who if you're not familiar he he likes to stand up and box at times yeah he's he's had his share yes I'm going to say that again Jake Paul former YouTuber turned boxer is going to take on Anderson Silva. This is a fight that is going to take place next month, October 29th in Arizona. It's going to take place in Glendale. And this sounds crazy. I sound dirty saying it. But if I have to think about the business, I think that Jake Paul will beat him. I think he will. And why not? This is what he does. He's going to beat him and go make more money, and Anderson Silva will make money, and everybody will make money, and then Jake Paul will go on and have another fight against someone, unfortunately, who probably is not a full-time professional boxer in their prime. I mean, yeah. NBA players, check. I could beat up Nate Robinson, smaller than me. Uh, Tyron Woodley. Okay, fine. Yeah, he's a... He's a he's a younger guy. He's not in his prime. He's not a boxer. Oh, how can knock him out? Do we need an, an Anderson Silva knockout? 
Who are you going to win by decision? This is just uh, very interesting. I-, I wonder how long it is before we see Nick Kyrgios in his own, uh, I don't know, his own fight. Interesting individual. 855-212-4CBS. That's 855-212-4CBS. Dave is calling for me. You're on the JR Sport Show. What's up, Dave? JR, my man. Uh, before my question, I just got to say I love the show. You do an amazing job. Uh, I've covered every topic. you got great takes and a fantastic voice. I can listen to you every day, man. Thank you. Uh, so one thing you should know about Cleveland, my brother, we are eternally optimistic, especially in the preseason. Uh, not so much in the regular season, but you know how it is. Uh, that's a different story. So my question is, you talked about how the Cavs have upgraded their position but aren't quite there yet. Um, absolutely respect that opinion. So I'm asking you, with a young roster and a few stars, unless you have you know, Steph Curry or similar, how big is that championship window for an NBA team? We've seen so many teams get close just to fall short and fall apart right after. Uh, you know, once you've got that core and add a star to, you know, Donovan Mitchell is not too bad. Um, how many years are we talking, in your opinion? Well, it, it depends. And thank you, Dave, for calling from Maine. There's, there's not a, a one-size-fits-all. Typically, you look at NBA teams and franchises, especially with the player movement that you have right now, a championship window is really going to be in that period of time that you have a star. In the case of the Golden State Warriors, they are the last team that has drafted their stars, and their championship window has been elongated. I mean, we're, we're pulling up into the year 2023. They're going on a stretch right now where they've been competitive outside of their injuries and and broken hands and Achilles popping and ACLs tearing. They've been competitive here for a championship for the better part of eight years. You have other situations where you bring on an all-star or you move around a LeBron James or maybe even a Kevin Durant, and you expect that championship window to be that that three- or four-year range that they have that, that contract. In the case of the Cleveland Cavaliers, with the players that they've brought on, drafting a Darius Garland, drafting an Evan Mobley, trading for a Jared Allen and a Donovan Mitchell, trading for a Karis LeVert, who ultimately might be flipped himself, re-signing and keeping a Kevin Love, who was ultimately traded to the team and then left and then traded back. Man. They have a window here to grow over the next several years. And so, yes, there's plenty of reason for the Cavaliers and the Cavs fans to be optimistic about this team. I would be optimistic about this team. I'm very high on them and what they can do. It's just going to take some time. I think the first step is to actually go to the playoffs, not a play-in, and get punched in the mouth. That's typically the first step. And after that, The gloves are off. What can you come back and do into the future? What veterans can you add to the team that can ultimately help you get over the edge? Because not everybody's going to be uh, the Milwaukee Bucks with with Giannis. Not everybody's going to be the Golden State Warriors. And so there's no one-size-fits-all. What's a championship window? When you have a superstar and you can't compete. And if you're the Cavs, I mean, damn it, who's to say that you can't grow one? I have no idea what the ceiling is for Evan Mobley. I just know it is ridiculously high. Ezra, calling from Atlanta. You're on CBS Sports Radio. What's up, JR? How are you? Love the show. I'm good, man. I love the show. 
Hey, just a quick question on the eve of football, and I'm sorry to change the topic, but do you really think that Mike Tomlin will have a losing season this year? The reason I'm asking is because he's going into his season with without Ben Roethlisberger, but he has defensive player of the year. He has the best safety in the league. He has weapons all around and a Pro Bowl tight end and Roll Todd running back and Najee Harris and Cam Hayward, who is literally Ironhead. You know what I mean? So my question to you, Steeler Nation, and everybody in the NFL world, do you think Mike Tomlin will have his first NFL losing season? Because I think, I think we're going to go 11-6. and six. Thank you, Jr. Okay. Well, thank you, Ezra, for calling from Atlanta. We talked about Mike Tomlin and his his decision to choose Mitch Trubisky over Kenny Pickett. We talked about that earlier in the show. You can hit rewind on the free Odyssey app. I don't know. I don't know if I want to peg as eleven and six. Mitch Trubisky is okay. I find him to be okay. I'm not going to call him awful. I'm not going to call him bad. A lot of the baggage that comes with Mitch Trubisky is how the Chicago Bears decided to obtain him. Number three, 67, 111th pick, another pick to bring him in. And we all know who they could have had. Some guy named Patrick Mahomes and, okay, yeah, sure, hindsight is uh, 20-20, but Deshaun Watson was also available. And so that's where a lot of the crap that comes with Mitch Trubisky comes in. Kenny Pickett ain't the guy, not right now. And Mitch Trubisky is probably not the guy long-term. There's two things here. You're right. Ben Roethlisberger is not on the team. Trubisky is in. Would I be shocked if the Steelers had a losing record? No, I would not. I'm going to peg them to be at about 500. I mean, last season, that's almost where they were. Come on. I'm going to put them right back in that same spot. This is a rebuilding year, but Mike Tomlin is one of the best coaches in the league. He's one of the most highly respected coaches in the league, and the team is going to prepare. They're not going to go out there week to week and get their asses handed to them. They're not going to roll over, and this is the part about having a classy organization. This is the part about having stability for a team, for an organization. This is about having great ownership, that trickles down. Even when you're in a rebuilding situation, you don't expect the team to go completely into the toilet, especially when you lose a quarterback who's going into the Hall of Fame. And so you are very optimistic looking at the Steelers pinning them at 11-6. and six. But look, man, this is the Steelers. I expect them to be good, and I expect them to compete. Are they winning a championship? No. I don't think so. Not this year. Hell no. They're going to be competitive. I take that in a rebuilding situation. Let's see what Kenny Pickett can do if he sees the field. It's the JR Sport Reef Show here with you on CBS Sports Radio. That's 855-212-4CBS. That's 855-212-4CBS. I'm going to take more of your calls on the other side before I am forced to roll out. You're listening to the JR Sport Brief on CBS Sports Radio.
You're listening to the JR Sport Brief on CBS Sports Radio. God bless. Wish you well and all the best, JR, because you really are my favorite sports DJ on the air. Call in now at 855 212 4CBS. That's right. It's the JR Sport Brief show here with you on CBS Sports Radio. I got to tell you a few things before I get ready to roll out. This is very important here. You ready? The Defensive Player of the Week. It's sponsored by the Navy Federal Credit Union, who proudly serves the Armed Forces DOD veterans and their families. Their members are the mission. You can learn more at NavyFederal.org. The Defensive Player of the Week of the night isn't necessarily an athlete. He's a security guard. He's the security guard who minutes ago just told all the fans to back the hell up at the U.S. Open as Nick Kyrgios decided to go out there and lose his mind as he battered his racket after his loss. And yeah, that racket was a flying. And the security guard did an excellent job telling the fans back up. Because, oh yeah, it would be a terrible situation if Nick Kyrgios, who destroyed two of his rackets, it'd be an awful, it'd be a worse situation if he actually injured any of the fans who happened to be in attendance there in the first row. Congratulations to that security guard who will not get credit, but damn it, he got credit here on CBS Sports Radio, the JR Sport Brief Show. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4CBS. I'm going to get to more of your calls before I'm forced to roll out. You already know this. Tomorrow, we're going to be about 24 hours away from the start of the NFL regular season. And so, as I do every Wednesday night into Thursday morning, tomorrow's show, I'm going to give you a top six list of the best teams in the NFL. Who are the six best teams? Who have or who has the best chance to go ahead and win the Super Bowl. I'll give you that list tomorrow. We'll also talk about Jason Peters. I love uh, his comments now about joining the Cowboys. He used to diss him when he was with the Eagles, and now he's showing love to the boys, and good for him. And then Patrick Beverly and Russell Westbrook, they're, they're all buddies and friends right now with the Los Angeles Lakers. So we got a lot to do tomorrow as we get you all set and ready for the NFL kickoff. 855-212-4CBS. Tony calling from Massachusetts. You're on the JR Sport Reef Show. What's up, JR? How are so you, This Tony? LeBron-y thing, I got a question I'm just going to talk about. It. So this LeBron and this Bronny thing, I think it really depends on how Bronny plays in college. And based on that, um, there's going to be a lot of teams in a position because Bronny – he put people on notice already saying he want to play with his son. Now, from a PR aspect and an economic aspect, whatever college he picks, I think this is going to be good. And I don't see nothing wrong with him trying to get his son a job. I mean, we see it all the time in, in pro sports, coaches hiring their sons and all this other stuff. So my question to you is, I ain't really seen Bronny play, but how much game does he have? And do you think, he's good enough to go in like the second and third round. And if so, 
that's going to put a lot of teams in a position to be like, do we take them? Because if LeBron wants to play with them, then we can bring LeBron to our team. I'm just going to hang up and listen. <laughs> well, well, Tony, hold, before you hang up, what are you asking? Okay. You're asking me if Bronny is good enough? Yeah. Bronny, as of right now, in his class, is the 30th to 40th ranked prospect. It fluctuates. Bronny, okay. on, his, on his own merit, and thank you, Tony, for calling from Massachusetts. Just wanted to let you know that. For his, for his own merit, that's, that's where he's ranked. From what I've seen with my own two eyes a couple of years ago, he is a solid basketball player. He's not going to absolutely wow you. When I saw him a few years ago, I also had a chance to see Amani Bates. Amani Bates, we know he started off at Memphis, and he's fallen off as a, the top prospect. It, it really changes year over year over year. And so there's not a perfect science to this. If he were to go into the NBA draft on his own merit, there there is no third round. There's only two of them. He probably wouldn't be a first-round pick. Probably be a second-round pick. He might be someone on the line of not being drafted. But as we know, he's LeBron's son. And so, yeah, he, he's going to get the benefit of the doubt. Someone will go ahead and give him a look. Simple as that. Ali calling from Miami. You're on CBS Sports Radio. My brother, yo, much love and respect. Um, I, I know we were talking about the U.S. Open, man, um, but nobody talks about the international championship going on, the Asia Cup, the cricket Asia Cup right now. I'm Pakistani, yo. I'm rooting for Pakistan. Um, so, you know, it's a big event, especially with Pakistan going through everything they're going through with the disaster. Um, you know, it's a big event with the Asia Cup right now. Um, well, well Ali, Ali I, I, I know it's, it's near and dear to you. I'd venture to say most of our listeners have no idea what you're referring to. I know, I, I know. Yo, well, well, but then we're also well, we're also short on time as we're towards yeah. the end of the show. What I do you have you. to say that most of us, all of us, are familiar with? Moving forward with, with LeBron James and and you know his kids, I really think that um, Bronny really doesn't have the skills. I really think he's not going to be drafted. I really think Bryce. Um, the youngest son, he has way more skills, right? Uh, I think he has way more potential, and he's developed a lot more than Bronny has. Furthermore, when it comes to the football season, uh, you know, I really want want your insight on how the AFC East is going to be looking, how the Dolphins are matching up. Ahead, well, thank you. well, thank you, Ali. Appreciate you for calling from Miami. We talked about that uh, earlier on in the show. And I think it's going to be a, a fight in the middle between the New England Patriots and the Miami Dolphins as to who will, will kind of be second uh, to the Buffalo Bills. And let's see who kind of occupies that spot as it will probably get them potentially into the playoffs. If you missed it, you can go ahead and hit rewind on the free Odyssey app. Tom is calling from Chicago quickly, Tom, very quickly. You, I got it. How you doing? It's good to talk to you. David did a spectacular job last night. He's a total class guy, and so are you. Let me run something by you. With Quickly. This, uh, LeBron and Bronny. UCLA needs a new identity. University of California, Los Angeles. Come on. That's like the Vatican of basketball. What do you think about Bronny going to UCLA? What do you think about LeBron buying the Lakers from this, this genie bus oh, and no. just taking charge? Okay. Well, thank you, Tom, for calling from Chicago. I appreciate you. Uh, Bronny staying in Los Angeles would, would be him staying in his 
quote unquote home market and uh, the buses selling to LeBron James. Uh, I, I don't think if Jeannie, I don't think Jeannie is going to do that. Uh, LeBron James, if anything, give it a few years towards retirement. He's likely to get his hands on an expansion franchise where he can kind of mold it and have it to his own. The seeds have already been planted by LeBron that he would absolutely love to have his hands on a team in Vegas. And it's going to happen. When it's going to happen, I have no idea. But we're likely to see a team back in Seattle, as Seattle deserves. The Supersonics are now in Oklahoma City. And um, Vegas has been a market that's, that's been tested for a few years now, whether it be with the NFL, the WNBA, the NHL. Come on. The NBA is going to have a team in Vegas. It's just a matter of when. It's the JR Sport Re Show here with you on CBS Sports Radio. Chef, thank you oh so much for an amazing night. Thank you back, Jared. Great to have you back, man. No doubt about it. Great to be back. We'll be back with you tomorrow, 10 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Pacific. You can find me online everywhere. That is at JR Sport Brief. Tomorrow, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 Pacific. We're going to get into NFL. Less than 24 hours away, NFL Eve. And then I'm going to give you a top six list. The best NFL teams heading into the season. We're going to have a good night. I wish you a good night the rest of the way, too. You'll have a good one here on CBS Sports Radio because Amy Lawrence, she's coming up next. So don't you move. I'll catch you tomorrow night.